Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. There's only one Eric's Family Barbecue location in Arizona. That's right, just one. It's in Avondale, and it's worth the drive over and over again. Barbecue restaurants that have several locations usually cut their quality for expansion. Not Eric's Family Barbecue. Eric serves Texas-style barbecue that never disappoints, always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Now, we know brisket is king, but have you tried their pulled pork with coleslaw? It's a match made in heaven. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. Still streaming. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. Online at 98kupd.com. Hot, 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 hot. Remember, Tuesday is Soylent Green Day. Sorry. Soylent Green Day is upon us. Uh, A lot of people emailing in about uh, series finales and stuff. Um... St. Elsewhere popped up. That's a classic old TV show that had an ending. You know what the best TV show that, uh, not of our generation at all, way back before, but I remember they used to show this at one in the morning on Channel 3 for summertime. And I used to watch it every night, and they did it in order. And that was the original David Jansen's The Fugitive. If you get a chance to binge a great TV show, even holds up today. The Fugitive is incredible. And the movie with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones later in the 90s is a two-hour encapsulation of that, but it does nothing. My friend Kurt and I would like call each other at 1 in the morning to watch this stupid thing. They showed it all in three months' time. And up until MASH, it was the highest-rated finale of any television show on TV. And it was uh, David Jansen, is this uh, old drunk actor, and he was running... From the law because a one-armed man killed his wife and they thought he did it and he's you know going to go to jail forever and he starts to he's on a hunt for the one-armed man man that sh- that show was awesome and uh, still holds up if you watch like they try to run reruns of it sometimes on one of those me TV things yeah. or whatever but you got to watch every episode that was the first like show that was uh, on TV that the, the, everybody got involved in evidently that was week to week storytelling rather than just episodic it's a, a, you know. Beginning, middle, and end, and then next week's a whole new story. That one has a great ending. Uh, St. Elsewhere is one that somebody brought up, and you and I were both talking about it. I was kids when that yeah. happened. But that one was disappointing because uh, in the end, it's some autistic kid, Chad Allen, shaking a snow globe, and it turns out everything we watched for eight years on St. Elsewhere was some autistic kid's fantasy. 
He fantasized about St. Elijah's Hospital, which included a young Ed Begley Jr., Howie Mandel. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what, what mother... Denzel. Yeah, Denzel was in it. What kid is fantasizing about the goings-on of a hospital of, you know, eight years' worth of love stories and terrible traumas and the uh, sometimes they had financial issues at St. Elijah's. And I'm like, this kid, this was his imagination. It's pretty detailed and... That's because we didn't understand autism as much back then, so it kind of pissed everybody off. That one kind of made people mad. MASH had a, uh, as far as a season wrap-up or a a series wrap-up, was pretty decent. Yeah, everybody goes home. Everybody, it ends, the war ends. And it made sense to be like, but you know what I didn't understand about the MASH ending? They acted like that was it. Like they would never be in touch. You're going to the States. Now you're free to do whatever you want. This was the misery. You should be happy to leave. Like, you'll see each other again, even though BJ's in, uh, you know, San Francisco. BJ's in San Francisco. Oh, Hilarious. Perfect then, spot. Yeah, Alan Alda was in Illinois or wherever he was from. and uh, Winchester in uh, yeah. Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. They, they all were going to have their – they're going to be able to see each other again. War buddies, you know, that's what it is about my old army buddies. They did. Didn't they do a terrible, like, uh, rehash show Aftermath after that? Yeah. With Harry Potter and Radar and Klinger. That was awful. Aftermash was bad. And then Trapper John M.D. went on. Yeah. That was on after Trapper left. He got his own show. And it wasn't even the same guy, <laughs> Pernell Roberts. Yeah. it's uh, There's a bunch of shows that Dallas, we don't even remember how that ended, but that was a massive show. I don't remember how Dallas yeah. ended. Yeah. There was the Who Shot JR. There was the Bobby Got Shot, but nobody cared. And I probably saw every episode of Fal- Falcon Crest and Dallas because my mom yeah. watched those religiously. I love Dallas. As a kid. Oh, That's yeah. why my dad thought I was gay. I'm watching St. Elsewhere, Dallas. I'm into all these shows that middle-aged women are, and I'm eight. I didn't quite understand it when they shot JR. I had to ask my mom, what happened? Why, why did he get I shot? knew why they shot him. I could tell well, as a was... kid he was a <laughs> He needed a poke. Apparently, JR lost his company to Cliff Barnes, and his wife and children yeah. left him, and Bobby now owned South Fork. Yeah. JR left for like oh, a Bobby season. Bobby got it all? Yeah, it's apparently. It's with this JR thing. left and came back. I forgot. And he yeah, had a, he JR had a, began a, drinking heavily and started hallucinating and hearing voices. Well, they did that only because Larry Hagman was drunk on set all the time, so they had to write in <laughs> drinking. He was on his second liver at that point, so they're like, look, make JR a drunk, and we can write around it. No he, problem. This dude is not showing up sober, so we have to actually explain why. J.R. Ewing is passed out all the time. We film around it. Now, there haven't been many shows. Like, I don't know how Friends ended. If it wasn't Nuclear Holocaust, I didn't care. I hated every character on all, that I show. I think they all moved out. I think they, they all moved They moved to Korea. Yeah. It was uh, yeah. the opposite Good. of Good. Yeah. <laughs> crossover. They did? <laughs> they did? They became doctors in a Korean field? Yeah, it was amazing. Looked remarkably like Southern California. Uh. Yeah, how did Friends end? I'm going to look it up. Because it was a pathetic group of, of people who had roommates into their 30s. Like, nobody wants roommates in their 30s. I don't know. They had to, like, three or four of them had to get married or something. Oh, yeah, there had out. to be love and babies. And I hated that show. I was one of the few that hated that show. Ross and Rachel finally confessed their love for each other, and uh, Courtney Cox and... Uh, Matthew Perry decided to adopt twins and move to the suburbs. Jesus Christ. What an ending. What an estrogen show. <laughs> My friend Mark Stebbings, I tell this story all the time, but man, oh man, was he into Friends. Deep. It really? was. Oh, it was. Did you take his man card? Friends parties. What? Uh, at his apartment at Garden Place. Fr- Thursday night <laughs> Friends parties. 
and you had to have a girlfriend to come. If you didn't have a girlfriend, you couldn't come to the friends' parties because no single stragglers. I'd stay single. <laughs> I, that's why uh, but we, uh, me and my friend Brian Rendall broke up with our uh, – we're done here. We're not going to have <laughs> girlfriends anymore, so we don't get invited. And then we went to the friends' party where Ross kissed Rachel the first time. And, uh, Tear jerk. lost her and, uh, uh, There were people crying and screaming. I'm like, you guys what are going to get – twink party were uh, you at? You Mark Stebbings, fr- Super Friends Nights on Thursdays. <laughs> Mark Stebbings. He works at a bank now. So if you're thinking, is it the same Mark Stebbings I work with? If you work at a bank, yep. <laughs> Dude had friends night. Chips on the table and like drinks. Decked out. Oh, that was bunting outside like it was the opening day of baseball. <laughs> Cutouts of the characters. Oh, Stebbings friends parties were legendarily gay. <laughs> the legendarily gay. He was like the Lucky Charms leprechaun of homosexuality on Thursdays at 7. Also magically delicious. <laughs> it was magically, yeah. <laughs> pink hogs, yellow moons, little pink dicks. What the? Well, that's a new marshmallow. Yeah, Stebbings and his, oh, they're married still, which is good on them, but Kristen and Mark put on friends parties, and I, I never understood that show. Did anybody I, watch Lost? Somebody saying worst last no. season and worst ending yeah, well, ever. Lost Larry, last two seasons. Larry was devastated by Lost. Yeah. Lost had a middle because I read about Lost because the first two seasons are so remarkably great, and it was based on uh, a story arc of what three seasons, I think. And ABC said this thing's huge. Signed them for two more years, so the writers had to fill a middle because they had an ending season that they'd written like this is season 3 this is how this all wraps up. Well they needed to fill two seasons. They took money basically what it was. And then it got really messed up in the middle with all sorts of different stuff and then they tried to bring it back with the end and it was so confusing. Like there's no there's no watching from season 3 on with Lost that makes you feel like you it was crazy. Hmm. And it wasn't good. It was just bad TV. Now, there aren't many uh, aren't many series that end well. And a better call Saul I thought was one of the few Again, not everybody's going to be happy, and that's fine. But I thought they did a great job with it. It was just such a great show. It's a t- it's definitely a top three of all time series. Sopranos, Breaking Bad, that one. There aren't many. The Fugitives up there for me too, because I, nothing should make a uh, a guy in his early twenties want to stay up uh, every night at one o'clock. When I got school and work and everything else, I was setting alarms and VCR and things, watching The Fugitive with David Jansen. Great show. I like old TV, though. I think some of that stuff's really good, like some of the older stuff. Well, they actually did character. I like old movies, too, where they actually wrote characters and built them rather than just, like, immediately hitch over the head with information and then blow something up. There's a Get time to the chorus. Time and a place for that. But I like a movie like the old Hitchcock movies where they actually build characters, suspense, and take some time and patience. I think they're fun. But, yeah, it's weird. I also like... Uh, you know, splash phrases. And I think uh, Carrie Lake just got my vote. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard what Carrie Lake oh, no, said. Do. She talked about Trump and uh, Ron DeSantis at a rally, and she said, these two guys got what I like to call BDE. And that is a person running for she governor. Said, ask your teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this ask your teenagers like- what it is. And then they're like, do you believe that Governor Carrie Lake, potential Governor Carrie Lake, just said big dick energy on TV. And she and the best thing about Carrie Lake, and this is why I think she might have just earned my vote, because this crazy lady is going to say some fun stuff, and I'm here for the laugh. If she's listening to Lotto, She okay. said, I stand by it. And I'm yep. like, that's all right. all right. BDE. We need some guys with some big dick energy. Anytime a woman says that, she's the most honest a woman's being. They want it big, and they want it rough. They don't want your 
your little pinky wing and tell you that size – if a woman's ever said that size isn't important, she's basically saying you got a small dick. That's it. If you've ever heard the phrase size isn't important to me, you've got a small dick. Yours is cute. <laughs> yeah. Every woman that's ever had a big wing won't shut up about it ever, which basically means she's got a huge parking garage down there. She's basically announcing herself as a giant vagina woman. The boner garage is in The boner effect. garage has definitely got a little room for tools. You can park two cars in there comfortably and have some stuff. It's a big garage. Stack them. But they can't keep their mouths shut about when they've got a monster a wang. That's why we all know about Pete Davidson. It isn't because Pete's wandered around telling us he's got a big piece. It's because all the women are with him like, this dude's dick was game-changing, and they just well, they won't stop talking about it. Same so with- did you guys that uh, meme that was going around, Pete Davidson with Melania? That's his next <laughs> yeah, I saw where they're holding one. hands. Or- <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, but the BDE is a very real thing. The only reason Kim Kardashian wanted to date Pete is because she's like, I heard he had some BDE and I wanted to see it, and I was DTF. And I'm like, what's going on in this world? <laughs> but she didn't care about him like as a person. She just heard he had a huge one, and she needed that because she's been dealing with nothing but big. Both had fun for a few months. She can't have me swimming around in that cavern. She's got to get a. She's got to get something that fills it. You go Plus, to Home Depot. You get the proper sizing. Metric. Yeah. I'm metric. She is not metric. She's and it's no wonder that fit. sent Kanye over the edge. Oh, yeah, because he knew deep he down. Knew. Wait it. a minute. White guy? White guy with a bigger wang than all of us? <laughs> <laughs> that drove him crazy. Yeah, but the BDE of Carrie Lake, poking that out, pretty solid for a candidate of politics. I, I remind you that in 1992, Howard Dean couldn't be president because he went, Woo! Yep. <laughs> that was like, this guy's, he's, he's gone too far. We can't have a woo president. What is it, one of them woo girls at like a college party? He wooed. And everybody's like, I don't like this Howard Dean character. He's, he's unpredictable. Now we've got people running for governor of major states going, dude's got some big dick energy. And then they shoot up in the polls. We like it. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. And I like it coming from a woman. Like, yeah. that is the least feminine thing a woman can say. Is like, what we need in this world is some toxic masculinity to take over that White House. And I'm all for one of these two dudes getting it. She just mentioned two dudes being super juiced with big dick energy, which nobody will ever <laughs> say that about. confidence? Yeah, nobody's ever going to say that about Biden. You can be the biggest Biden fan in the world. You know he doesn't have the BDE. Come on, no. Jack. I got a no. big one. And you know what's crazy? If he stays president, we're going to see it. Because one of these days he's going to walk out. Yep. Here, man, take my pants Head off. Drop. Like, oh, no, no, Mr. President, pull your pants up. Told you. Take a look at that. That thing he did the other night when he's like, I know you're hurting. Everybody's hurting. I can taste it. It's like, ooh, God. <laughs> Whisper that in my ear, you freak. Come on, Jack. I can taste it. I can taste you. I smell you at night. I'm the sand, man. Stop. Bitch, pull your pants up. Let's get out of here. Got yeah. listeners emailing right. She's got my vote. Yeah, be, exactly. And I'm, I'm here for the laughs. I don't know if governors actually do anything. 
they can mess stuff up. They can make things okay. I, I, they mostly can just mess stuff up. But BDE, if she's after BDE, a little big dick energy. I think of Carrie's carrying, and that's what she wants. There's a good chance she's like, uh, as a woman, like, and she looks good. Like, Carrie Lake's a pretty lady. Like, if she's like, I need a little BDE myself. Next thing, she might make announcements and she married? farm it out. I don't know. But if I think first, she is. The yeah, first husband is. gets up there and shows his wang. Well, this is what she dealing. That with. guy's got to have some confidence because if his wife's up on stage going <laughs> touting Trump and, and she's going, I like big dick energy. That guy's like, yeah, she does. She does like that. <laughs> that isn't a shot at him. That's Speaking like a, of the governor's boner garage. I'm used to the BDE. And by the way, the lady you're about to elect governor, she's gaping, man. Boom, that's from me. <laughs> Pete Davidson's sending her a DM right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, Davidson's slipping into her DMs. In. The uh, the best thing about being uh, the husband of a, uh, a female politician. This is just fact, ladies. This is it. And it's and it goes the same for women with men at a certain point. But when you're giving them the goods, you're the most powerful person in the state for just those few minutes. Like, if you've got the governor bent over at any given time screaming for you to, you know, harder, more and more and more, she's no longer the most powerful person in the room. <laughs> Same thing when Monica had Bill's Willie in her mouth. Although there's an argument to be made, she's the weaker. She's the subordinate in that situation. I don't know. I'm Although, with your argument. You got teeth and pee-pee yeah. in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got an upper hand, but there's definitely a subordinate in the room. You are not the most powerful person in the world if you got a if you're choking on a, you know. <laughs> that is currently the transition of power has shifted. You are serving your country. Yeah, yeah. Talk about peaceful transition of power. Yeah. If you have to close your eyes <laughs> from a man shower, you're no longer the most powerful person on the planet. I don't know if Margaret Thatcher had a husband, but I'm guessing looking at her every 14 days or so, whoever her husband was, was the most powerful man in England for at least 10 minutes. <laughs> giving her the old bent over. And it's a false sense of power because the whole time getting to that, she holds the keys. But once you get them, you're the powerful one. That's called BDE. And Carrie Lake's all for it. So we're going to have some BDE, presidential BDE, and she's all for it. I'm a fan of that. But I like how the headlines are all like, election denier and Trump supporter Carrie Lake said Ron DeSantis has BDE. <laughs> they hate that she said it, which makes me like it even more. Which is fun. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in the world right now that's just fun, and especially this one that I just saw, that there's an asteroid uh, that they've measured, and this is an odd measurement, two and a half times bigger than a dinosaur. I've never heard anything compared to that before. Which one? That's what I want to know. There's all sorts of them. It says, an asteroid, two and a half times the size of a dinosaur, is set to have a flyby with Earth on Tuesday. So it's real close to us. And it's about the size of two and a half dinosaurs, which is a childlike measurement. Can't you just give us feet or... Like meters, I can't believe they took my story. <laughs> Did you? I have wrote that? the description. You yeah, know? I was because that's something Brady would say. <laughs> it's about the size of a dinosaur and a half. I'm like, well, who measures things in that? That's not a measurement. Blowing a wiener. Plenty people know. Yeah, I mean, can't you say it's the size of a building? I don't know. Give me something like current. I don't know what I don't know which dinosaur Triceratops, T Rex. What are we looking at? Brontosaurus, like, yeah, Stegosaurus, Raptor. We've got a lot to choose from here. Megalodon, about the size. Yeah, fake ones. In my, I don't know. 
What if you're one of those deniers of dinosaurs, like uh, Milton Bradley used to be for the Chicago Cubs when during a press conference said he didn't think dinosaurs were real and the whole place just went, we just signed this guy to like a $200 million deal. <laughs> he might be the dumbest person alive. Two and a half size. Uh, I'm going to start doing that. You know, what, are you, what are you doing, an addition on the house there, John? Yeah, yeah, I am. And uh, It's going to be about the size of a dinosaur and a half. I'm like, what in the hell kind of measurement system are you on? I use a, the, uh, you know, the paleontologist method of dinosaur measurements i'm going back to the uh jurassic age it's about the size of two dinosaurs what i'm looking at there i'm looking for a car about the size of a small dinosaur it's like what the hell is wrong with you this is science though so that's what it is it's gonna uh come close to us um it's moving pretty fast too well i would hope so it seems like we've had a couple of them yeah they speed Go, by some flybys have been happening this double dinosaur is going 22 times the speed of sound uh, if it hits it's pretty fast, it's moving. Yeah. <laughs> if it hits us, uh, it'll kill us all. Uh, it's like it Anne says, Hesh speed. How big is it? The yeah. one that yeah. <laughs> Anne Hesh is driving this double dinosaur through space. Maybe that's what happens to you after you die. You get your own asteroid and you get to speed around like Anne Hesh. Uh, it could be as wide as 51 meters, if that's the context. A sauropod dinosaur known as Brachiosaurus is what they're comparing it to. There we go. Okay. Who knows what the oh, that I, explains I it, huh? Who knows what the <laughs> f- a brachiosaurus size is? And now you have to do math to double it and then half it once? Just tell me the size of the damn thing. The 51 meters was good enough. How many Hummers is it? 18 Hummers. That makes sense to me. I've seen a Hummer. Brachiosaurus, I got to look that up. Uh, anyway, if it hits us, uh, they think it wouldn't be too bad, which means... It's going to kill everybody. If they're trying to tell us, don't worry about it. If an asteroid size two and a half dinosaurs hits the earth, we'll be fine. I doubt it. But anything going, I think a pebble going 22 times the speed of sound is going to do something. That's a brachiosaurus. That's yeah. a brontosaurus. Oh, I didn't hang on. I think I they're the wrong one. Brachiosaurus is what they're talking about. But again, brontosaurus is the big boy, right? Yeah, brontosaurus yeah. is the leaf eating monster. That's the one monster. that uh, Fred slides down at the uh, end. Oh, that's right. right. <laughs> Very friendly. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we know. That's how at we the know. Rock dinosaurs yard. is uh, the Flintstones. That's right. B R O C H I O. It's Italian. There you go. Brachiosaurus. It looks like the same thing. Yeah, they're pretty much the same. They can get up on a horn. They can get up on their hind legs. They can? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah. No. No. Why do you know that? <laughs> Brachiosaurus, yeah, they, they're, they're known, no. for, they're known for getting up on their hind legs they're known and getting for higher in, in trees. And, yeah, I saw it in known uh, by who? Jurassic Park. Which one? <laughs> yeah. The real one. Jesus. Why don't you lay down for a little bit, Pop Pop? I'm worried about you. 59 to 72 meters long. You're going back 20 years to a movie? He might be right. 30. And uh, he might be right, but this is an odd moment 31 to 51 short tons. Uh, what's a short ton? I don't know. i got to look that up, too. What? That's what it says. Which a t- I know what a ton is. Yeah. I know what a short ton is. Is that Brady? Brady, is your nickname short ton by any, by any chance? <laughs> For about 10 years. <laughs> High school. Starting at center, short ton Bogan. <laughs> I'm short ton. That was my weight class in wrestling. It's like landfill. Yeah, it's just the 200 plus and then short tons. <laughs> and now for your amusement, short tons will wrestle. The hell's a short ton? Oh, those two. I see it. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it's, uh, uh, it says it's supposed to hit us. Uh, or not supposed to hit it's us. It's a ton. Sorry. Internationally, it's known as a short ton. In America, we call it just a ton. Oh. 2,000 pounds, so 907 kilos. Because they go T-O-N-N-E when it's, it's a ton. Something like that, yeah. Internationally. Yeah. We just do the one. 
So we don't have to send up Steve Buscemi and the nuclear uh, oil riggers. Not yet. To, With a oh, jackhammer. Yeah, yeah, we've got to jackhammer that thing up. <laughs> There's an asteroid headed directly towards Earth. My favorite line in movie history is that President Morgan Freeman had to tell us, and that's how he did it. There's an asteroid headed directly towards Earth. And we assumed everyone would continue on with the rest of the speech, not panic insanely after that. John, my unit of measurement for that is three and a half times the size of Carrie Lake's Boner Garage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how many Carrie Lake's Boner Garages is uh, two and a half Brachiosauruses? Got some BDE, lady. I like that. That's a lot to live up to there, Katie Hobbs. Is that who she's running against? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Katie Hobbs, you got some uh, – the ball is in your court, sister, and your opponent just said something real cool. If they start battling with that, oh, BD, Who's got more BDE as a woman? <laughs> I am. And then there's just husbands just waving like, we got this. Yeah, if it's a BDE fight between two ladies for governor, oh, you don't have the BDE I've got. I've been taking big <laughs> since I was 17. Gives new Lake to- for Gov. Gives new meaning to the term executive branch. <laughs> Lake isn't my real last name. It was my nickname in high school because my, my boner garage used to be watery. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> like, the, like the water heater blew up and flooded Carrie, why don't you sit down for a little bit? You want to see Carrie's lake? Push. BDE, baby. She got the young vote with BDE. She's talking to the kids. Yeah. But, yeah, that's how that's how we decide our governors now can't wait for those debates yeah it's gonna, gonna be, be awesome uh, if the first <laughs> the first question out should be answering that one i want a president that doesn't fit in my mouth like oh my god what's she saying <laughs> but i'm kind of for that idea imagine the barry wood memes then yeah oh, <laughs> barry wood would be Are crazy uh, Are underneath him? <laughs> yeah oh it's bad anyway so that's what carrie lake our governor's uh, latest endorsement of presidents is that <laughs> she wants one. DeSantis got the wave. BDE. DeSantis <laughs> and Trump. She's yeah. on both of them. She's like, look, these two dudes have some dicks. This comes from text, not from me. John, you don't have to worry about Hobbs and BDE. She's a muffin eater. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's why some, I said it's on text. She's got some BVE going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yuck. Nobody likes the BV part of that. Can you imagine if women started that? We got some big vag energy going on. Blah! Don't say that. But the equivalent would be like uh, bragging about how tight it is. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to get into yeah, genital yep. wars, I mean, it literally has become yep. a dick waving contest between two women. <laughs> TV and one's uh, winning, and one's going to win with it. Winning. Like one's going to walk away with it if she keeps it up because it makes she's us all giggle. She's got the yeah. She's got TVE. Tight V energy. It's like, stop it, Katie. That's gross. Yuck. Uh, so there's all that going on if you're paying attention to the world. I just know that my loss of Saul last night, I don't care what happens to the planet from now on. I don't think I'll ever see anything. Come on, meteor. Yeah, I'm rooting for it. I don't care. I'm, you know, Better call Saul ending has been the last seven years of my life the only thing I've really looked forward to in entertainment. There's been some good stuff, but this was just top to bottom spectacular and that game of thrones thing was the last one i swore off all shows like i'll never get involved or invested in another show you'll be back this sunday that looks so dumb the dragon show and again i don't understand why anybody wants to watch the prequel to something that stunk 
Here's how it all started. You know the thing that ended poorly. Like, would you? You wouldn't. I guess you wouldn't watch the Mad Men prequel. No, because it wouldn't. Because you know it sucks yeah. in the end. Right. You know what it leads to? Yeah, it's garbage. But they'll try to, and they're going to try to make you feel like there's some sort of intrigue in it. There isn't. These are how dragons happen. We kind of knew that. The eggs and the yeah, people who can touch them. Yeah, yeah. The whole time before she comes out of fire. Yeah, right. we get yeah, it. Yeah, she get it. clothes on. Right. Another blonde mother of dragons. Pretty much the real it. mother. Yeah. Now, if there's the tons first... of nudity and stuff like that, fine. But outside of all that stuff, nobody knows. And they're still saying uh, Kevin Durant will be a Phoenix Sun. I just got that uh, still? yesterday. We're uh, talking. Saw, about, remember like about that yesterday again? And here's the thing about the Kevin Durant as a Sun deal. Going through the headlines, he's a superstar. Like. Maybe the best player in all of the NBA. If not, he's top three. He commands his own world. The NBA runs uh, nothing. The players run that league. They pick and choose where they want to go. And he is saying Phoenix or Miami. Like, he has made that very clear publicly. He will get that. that. Kevin Durant will get his wish. That is going to occur. The players run the league. And he wants to play with Devin Booker. He wants to go down and play with Jimmy Butler in Miami. So the fact is that the Nets have to make something happen because they can't keep him. He said he told them a week ago, "I'll stay if you fire Steve Nash, get rid of the GM, make these like he's dictating how he'll be a Brooklyn Net." And they're like, "We're not gonna do this. We're not gonna fire everybody and start over just because you say so. We can't. Like it's just it, it would cost us a fortune. All these guaranteed deals you want gone. These coaches that we'd have to. I mean, we could. It's stupid." And he's not happy, so the best thing to do is ship him off. He said, here's my two places. Phoenix is one of them. And Jerry Colangelo chimed in and said, it would be the best thing the Suns can do. And I agree. The second best thing the Suns can do is change Diana Taurasi way to Al McCoy Drive, which I am going to go on a crusade for. I got a lot of emails yesterday of people completely supporting a move to get a petition together, a real one, to change Diana Taurasi way to Al McCoy Boulevard or Street or whatever because he is the true legend of that area. Diana Taurasi's done absolutely nothing. Zero. No glass ceiling breaking. Now, they're trying to force it down your throat as if she's got some. What we're, we're dangerously and perilously close to is a Brittany Griner road, too. That whole footprint center is going to be smothered in WNBA. It's going to smell like chicken of the sea and sweat. Oh, we're in the finals. they got to clear that out for the new Suns. We're in the playoffs. I think they'll go a little... Or the South playoffs. and Sorry, a little right. west for the grinder next to the Madison Street Jail. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. That street. It'd be brilliant right if they yeah. could. I don't want any streets named after any WNBA players until after 50 years of the Phoenix Suns, we don't have anybody with a street named after them. Uh, yeah. You're telling me this isn't identity politics at work? This isn't the most, uh, you know, force it down your throat. It's not feminist. It's forced feminist. It's like, if we do this, will you get off our backs? That's basically what that was. Al McCoy deserves the road before anyone else. If Suns execs or players don't have roads named after him, neither does DT. That's the worst thing going. You don't name anything after the Phoenix Rising or Arizona Rattlers because you realize that you, you have to play pretend like this is a big deal. It's not. Al McCoy Drive. Somebody out there. I, I remember we did this for Luis Gonzalez. It was the last week I worked at the old station where we declared Luis Gonzalez Day because they had uh, the home run derby. He won it and everything else. The Hell city, of a weekend. Yeah, the city got behind it. They put it all together. 
And then uh, our team screwed up, spelled his name wrong, and it was terrible. I quit like within two days of that. I'm like, I work at an absolute stupid house of idiots, <laughs> and I did. Uh, but it was a great thing. I think we can do this with Al McCoy. Now, spell the name right because it's going to be easier to spell than Gonzalez. But, yeah, the, uh, the Al McCoy having a name somewhere, like, I would, it would make people happy. Maybe even a statue. Al needs a statue. Before he dies, like Brady said yesterday, before the man, he's 90. Yeah. What are we waiting for? Let's give him his moment. Yeah. Let him be there. At the him let him show up. On the plaza. Him, yeah. Let him have the moment. The Chick Hearn's got a statue in L.A. Al McCoy is legendary. Vince Scully statue? Has to be. Out, Vince Scully has a road. There's a road named after him. Oh, okay. Outside of, and and rightfully so. He should have a statue. Though. Probably, but give him a road too. Give him both. Vin gets both. But yeah, I mean, come on. Diana Taurasi got first dibs on street names around the arena. Go f yourself. That's Al McCoy Road. Jerry Colangelo's next. He needs to get because he brought all this to town. That needs to go right down in between the ballpark and that. Jerry's the reason that happened. And plus, it'll make Brett's people happy because the only reason those stadiums got built is because of the mob. Teamsters will be a beautiful road. Two of the greatest Arizona. Like, Chavez Ravine is a great story in Los Angeles, how they displaced all those Mexicans to build Dodger Stadium. They do the same thing here? No, really? Not Mexicans. Not as many houses, but... Oh, yeah. As many houses. You think? Uh, yeah. Really? And businesses. Three holdouts. I would say more businesses. Oh, the um, businesses just got yeah. just shut down. There, was, there were houses. Domain, right? So, well, no. They tried to do that, but you can't do that in certain spots until... The, so, what they did was, all right, we'll build, we'll give you a fair offer, all this stuff. Three holdouts. All three of them. Well, one old lady and two... I think it was two men. One guy died in a car wreck. The other guy just died mysteriously. Right. And the old lady died in her sleep. I don't, I just, yeah. You know, coincidence. And the news kind of oh, it worked out. It That's worked right. out. Next thing you know, beautiful construction starts Monday. They had a Silkwood moment where the headlights in the rearview mirror were blinding the guy until he drove off a bridge. Like, oh, it looks like somebody's house just became available. Yeah, the the, the you know the Mister Fredericksons from Up. They were still there. They were going to build around them. And they're like, we need that spot. Jerry knew what he was doing. Colangelo. Now, keep in mind, nobody talks about this, the truth behind that whole thing. Jerry Colangelo ran a laundromat and then was the coach of the Bulls, like in a day. Like, that happened in a day. a successful laundromat. <laughs> right. Then he owned an NBA franchise <laughs> with his friends. His family worked for him. And I'm not complaining because that's how you got things done. Especially in some desert town. He had two buddies that would back him. Look at Las Vegas. It's all Vegas was, was mm-hmm. some guy who recognized, this is untapped. We can, not only do we have the uh, land, we can start it ourselves and we won't Make have to. Our own county. We won't even have to take over. Like they had to, you have to, you're, you're not going to be fighting with any politicians when you are the politicians. Jerry came to town, the old Wild West. This is how we do things back in New York and Chicago. And he got it done. You want that results, was, you're going to get results. Bank One Ballpark and the, the America West Arena, now Footprint Center at the time, both built in ways that, you know, you know let's just move them. I'm Thank not you, like, JC. Not like what they did to Chavez Ravine in, in L.A., which is the greatest story ever told, which was you get out by Tuesday, and then they just forklifted the houses. They put them on they, – they moved them to Universal Studios, and – now they charge people to go look at the houses that had dead bodies in them that they were shaking around and starving out and killing. 
And they moved them, and then it's like Beaver's house from Leave it to Beaver. Like, now, we're, now it's a movie lot. And all the houses of Ezra Ravine, they picked up and took. They really just took them? They took no them. No kidding. They flatbedded them right over to Universal Studios, Free and they made relocation. a road. Yeah, but no, those people weren't allowed to live in them anymore. <laughs> they, were movie, they were movie props now. They took the, the wood, and because the, they couldn't take the whole house. They'd take the front of it. Just, there's pictures on like Wikipedia of, of uh, trucks cutting the house in half while people are in it. Chavez Ravine was horrible. The horror of Chavez Ravine to get Dodger Stadium built is tragic. But what a great day for Dodger baseball. The legend of a Mexican who died on this very land. Your blood spills on the grass that is the outfield. That is a great one. And we had a similar one. Most stadiums that are built in towns displace an old person or so or kills them. And Jerry got that Freeways. Done. Put a road up for Jerry. He got it done. It and done. What's, what's better? The stadium full of sports or some old lady's dump house downtown? I know my answer. That's beautiful. So, yeah, Diana Taurasi gets a road. Al McCoy gets a road first. First and foremost, Al McCoy. And then, then we'll talk. But Diana's like, of all the people who have played in that arena, Diana, I would say is probably like 14th on the list of what do we name after her. Now, name a concourse after her in the stadium. Okay. <laughs> the, the Diana Taurasi escalator? This is the Diana right Taurasi inside. Memorial Escalator, yeah. <laughs> and then just the downside. The up one is the Charles Barkley because it's all up. I don't want to take up nobody in the second row. Take me down. I'm the Charles Barkley Suites. Yeah, Diana Taurasi's, uh, you know, team shop corner. I'm fine with that. Name it after the DTs. Give her a restaurant. Championship uh, daycare. <laughs> Maybe, the, yeah. You know, Put a daycare. There. That's a great idea because, yeah, basketball lasts two hours. The last thing you want to do is enjoy that with your kid. <laughs> Put it in the DT daycare and move it on. Yeah, I just whatever. Name stuff after her inside the arena. It's still too much. She doesn't. She's not name it after her good. That is such a – that is one of the most pandery, pandering things since the P.S. de Wapique catastrophe where they were just like, name it after anybody who dies. Quick. There's going to be a Griner Street or something. There's, there, uh, there has to be. Because there will be crossed arms yep. and people going, why don't you – why do you hate women so much? It's not about hating women. It's about doing the right thing. You guys want to be equal. You recognize the Taurasi is low on the list. She's done so much. That you didn't care about. Not one woman cares about Diana Taurasi at all. They're the biggest failures for the WNBA. They didn't follow it. More men watch it than women. Brittany Griner dispensaries. <laughs> now that. Yeah, I have a dispensary inside the arena yeah. and have it BGs. <laughs> or sell like uh, metal detectors and, you know. Weed so good it got me detained in Russia. <laughs> How about uh, Brittany Griner's uh, train your German shepherd for free kind of thing? It's, you know, yeah. something that's dog sn- training? Dog sniffing. Yeah. <laughs> Airport dogs. Brittany Griner's airport dog. Yeah, naming stuff after Tarasi. Stop it. Give her a line of hoodies, the DT hoodie, because she loves those, and I like when she's in them because it covers her up. <laughs> WNBA garbage. Makes me angry every time I talk about it. Anyway, Kevin Durant. Name a street after Kevin Durant before he gets here. That'll push him to start hitting the buttons. <laughs> Have Kevin Durant Avenue. Just like, wow, they named a road after Kevin Durant before he became a son. We can change it. In a week. It's not like a tattoo. We can just move it. Fill out the proper forms. We can done. get that done. Nobody, you could put it to a vote in this city, and you could name 
you could probably name a road Ben Roethlisberger Avenue before Diana Taurasi would ever win. Deshaun Watson Avenue? <laughs> yeah, we, we could get a Deshaun Watson Avenue before a Diana Taurasi Avenue if you put it up to the people. Probably in Cleveland. They probably got plenty in of In Cleveland? Who's talking Cleveland? I'm talking downtown Phoenix. Oh, here? Yeah, Deshaun oh, yeah. Watson gets a road here. I'm not talking about in his city. I'm talking right here. You put it to a vote and said you want downtown to be named Diana Taurasi Avenue or Deshaun Watson Avenue. Like 90% of people go, I've heard I like of Deshaun Watson. Plays. I know Deshaun Watson's name. What's a Diana Taurasi? He already has a suburb in Cleveland. <laughs> oh, changed yeah. it. Yeah. He's got some parlors he's going to get named after. Uh, what do you got on the big board of musical treats there, Bert? Uh, wake Up Song brought to you by Action Ride Shop. The boys are over there on Gilbert Road in Southern, and it is e-bike season. So uh, 10% off all mountain bike e-bikes, uh, 25% off, $25 off rentals. And uh, if you're in the commuter thing, you don't want to hit the mountains, they got you dialed in over there with 15% off commuter e-bikes. So actionrideshop.com to check it all out. Scott Haynes just texted me and said, come on, guys. Diana Taurasi Way is not even that big. It's only three triceratops wide and four raptors long. <laughs> He's right. In a, in a new measuring system of how big's that dinosaur. On the list, we got uh, Iron Maiden coming in, uh, Kill Switch Engage, As I Lay Dying, Clutch, Danzig Trouble, because he did that Elvis tribute album. Oh, Elvis right. died 45 years ago today. Today's Elvis' 45th anniversary. Yeah. And it's, uh, what Elvis was, 42 when he died? Something like yeah, that. 42. Yeah, 42. He's three years longer dead than alive. Uh, Rob Zombie, Demon Speeding for Ann Hesh, as well as Jesus Built My Hot Rod for Ann Hesh. Slipknot, Smashing Pumpkins, Soundgarden. I know, but it's hilarious. But it is funny. Some BDE on that list. Psychosocial uh, for Carrie Lake and for Ann Hesh. You know... <laughs> What's the best Elvis cover that's ever been done? Oh, man. I don't know. I can't go think to, of any. I, I, can't th- I mean, I know there's a bunch, just but saying. Don't Be Cruel by Cheap Trick was pretty solid, but it yeah, was one of the basics. Yeah. Uh, Suspicious Minds is one of the greatest songs ever written. Elvis didn't write any of his songs, but uh, the Doja Cat Pound Dog song is pretty solid. Is, is that <laughs> Z- a, that's a cover? ZZ Top Viva Las Vegas is on this list. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty solid. That was the... Uh, the campy Elvis, although it's still Let's see if good. we can get a taste of Danzig's Elvis. You got to taste that. Let me find it. Oh my god, I forgot I sent you guys that album. Danzig, I don't even know that Danzig did a the full, covers album. full yeah. album yeah, I of sent you Elvis that whole songs. Album. I don't remember that. Yeah, that album cover I sent. I thought it was. I thought you were kidding. No, that was a real thing <laughs> I, I found know. at Bookman's. He did that. <laughs> what does he cover? I kind of want to hear him doing Suspicious Minds. Uh, is it on here? He didn't touch it. No. He loved me tender. What's the one? What's God? I don't know any of the songs that are on there. That's the Elvis covers, like all says. the songs nobody knows. Danzig sings Elvis. Let's see if there's another. Uh... <laughs> That's weird. Huh? The Dead Kennedys apparently did uh, "Viva Las Vegas" as well. Fine Young Cannibals, Sup- no nope. Suspicious Minds. Oh, actually, you know what? That's yeah. not bad. That's uh, I don't here's like Fever from Kennedy. Danzig. All right, let's have it. Fever! Oh, God, I thought that was him, actually. <laughs> I wasn't looking at you. <laughs> I wasn't looking. <laughs> this is the old Peggy. Never knew how much I love Oh, my God. Always doing an Elvis impression. Yeah. Never knew how much I care. When you put your arms around me. Did you do this last week? Oh, oh yeah. Fever, that's the heart to pay. You hear me, Fever. When you kiss me, that's not bad. Fever when you hold me tight. Fever, 
in the morning. Does this have a kick in moment? I'm not feeling it. No, he keeps it true to the original. I thought there'd be some guitar. He never danzigs up the song. He keeps it very Elvis friendly. Robert Plant did Fever. Little Sister in 1979. That's a great version. Little Sister. Little Sister, don't you know. Always That's on Elvis? my mind. He did, I don't know if he wrote it, but oh, he, he didn't write did anything. Yeah. Elvis wrote nothing. Always on my mind, who did that? Pet Shop Boys, 87. Remember that? Oh, uh, no. You don't remember that version? You got to listen the to Pet the Shop mentioned. Boys did yeah, Always yeah, on my always mind. Always on my mind. We get it, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on that was over the, there? Brutal oh, Pet Shop Boy was version. That how it, it sounds. Oh yeah, yeah. I might have got it. Like an old yeah. man. You <laughs> sound like a phonograph. Hey, you were always on my mind, Truman. <laughs> that would have been better. Where's my sweet Truman? Oh yeah, I do. Another reason my dad thought I was gay. <laughs> you guys, what is that man you were listening to? Pet Shop Boys, Dad. Shut up, Dad. They're from England. They're cool. Yeah, yeah. Always on my mind. Pretty close. No, it's not. Maybe I'm oh, now I remember this. It sounds very feminine. Quite as often UB40. Pretty can't help falling in love. Yeah. I know you love the reggae. I hate UB40. What was the Dead Kennedys one? Yeah, there's some. Eva Las Vegas. There's somebody needs to cover some Elvis, man. Nora Jones, Are You Lonesome Tonight? Great song. 45 years. And that new Elvis movie is solid. That kid's so good in it, it's ridiculous. Somebody else said that to, God, to me last night. These are it was amazing. amazing. Here's a dead Kennedy. You just play Elvis. Really? I'm trying to get a good cover of it. I we'll just go with this easy. It top. sounds like the the what was that? What's that one Pladio band? The, whoa, no. the, the 1969. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he sounds like. It's It does sound like it that. does. <laughs> I don't, if we can, I don't know if I have that anymore. It should be in there somewhere still. I'm not sure what page it's on. Is this it? The guy's sliding down a hill. All right, let's do a little ZZ Top Viva Las Vegas for Elvis. Even though we just play the Elvis version, but... I don't want to. Somebody should have you covered an Elvis song better by now, like to make a hit. Actually, uh, when Vegas had the uh, cheap trick was probably the closest, like you said. Uh, yeah, that was probably the it was the biggest hit. The um, uh, the Elvis Cirque du Soleil that was at the Aria for a while in Vegas. The band that did that the album's called Viva Elvis, and the band that played live over the Elvis vocal tracks and they rewrote. Like they were amazing. It's one of the best live bands I've ever seen. They were just the sound was just thunderous, and they had a couple of huge songs off of that. And Elvis is, you know, they used his original tracks to do it, and that bass, the bow wow, the gow gow, and they just did this full on remix of everything. And Elvis would come singing. It was amazing. 
Kind of like that Cirque du Soleil version of Michael Jackson. It's so entertaining. You leave thinking that he deserved to nail a couple of kids or he didn't do it at all. You, you, you leave feeling great about Michael, and then like an hour later, you feel really bad about yourself for liking it so much. There isn't a person who doesn't leave that going, I'm stopping with the man in. He didn't do anything wrong. That guy was a genius. Those kids were asking for it. And then you leave going, I feel terrible about myself. I gave in to Michael Jackson's charm for a little bit. That show's ridiculously good. Standing up at the end, you can't help it. You're screaming songs by Michael. Man in the Mirror comes on. You've lost your mind. You leave dancing, happy. There's just crying kids outside of the door going, I can't believe you guys paid for that. Like, (laughs) oh, go f*** yourself. (laughs) And then you feel really terrible. You'll get over it. You've got plenty of time in this life to get past it. It's the best thing about being uh, touched by Michael at age seven. You got seventy years to deal with it. Therapist <laughs> needs jobs too. <laughs> Make a couple phone calls, kid. Not my problem. I'm stopping with the man in the mirror. All right, you ready? Yep. All right, ZZ Top covering it. Elvis is dead for forty-five years. The news broke forty-five years ago that uh, the great Elvis Presley uh, choked on his own poo. That's basically what happened. It's a rough day. White Yoakum did suspicious minds. It's good. Is it really? That's a a good answer. It is good. That's good. Yoakum knocked that one out. But that's just a great song. It's hard to mess that one up. Arizona's most powerful rock radio station. He said fully erect. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet Mesquite. Repeat, ericsfamilybbq.com.